2024 is a year for more. God has got more for us. We are not living in the fullness of what God has for us. And God wants us to experience more of Him. He wants to increase our influence in our city. He wants to increase our influence as people of God. He wants to increase our impact. The way that we impact the city, the way that we impact people's lives. God wants to increase. God is going to do it in us in this coming year. And I really do believe as we've been praying, as we've been trusting God, that He would help us, that He would actually lead us into the more of what He has for us. Now, friends, when we gather together for a Vision Sunday, I'm, I'm quite, as a leader, I'm always quite, um, I'm a little bit perplexed sometimes. I, I feel like on the one hand, there's this pressure to, hey, what's the vision? What's the big, big idea? Moses, go up on the mountain, you know, you're going to come back and you've got to give us the word of the Lord, you know, tell us what's happened. And, um, and I think there's an element of that whenever we're leading. But I think, friends, what I've realized about the local church is that every local church, God gives a redemptive call and purpose. At the, before the foundations of the earth, God ordained for Sirioni Hill Church to be planted here in Clarksville. And for part of that inheritance and part of that purpose was to plant other churches. We would be a base church, a resource center that would send people out from this place uh, into the more of what God has for us. And friends, um, our, our vision, our, uh, you know, our scripture that we are based as you walk into our facilities here, you see that uh, we are called to be in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 13 to 16. We see that Jesus speaks to his disciples and he tells them that you are called to be a city on a hill, to be salt and light. And I love the way that the message paraphrase actually puts it. Um, you know, Eugene Peterson wrote this uh, so beautifully, just a poetic way of, of seeing what it's like to be a city on a hill. If you had to ever ask yourself, what am I doing here? At City on Hill Church, this is what you're doing. This is what you're here for. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Friends, this is our purpose. We are called to be salt and light in this world. We are supposed to infiltrate and increase uh, in our influence. And, and, and the purpose of, of following Jesus, of being a part of a community of faith like this, friends, is not so that you and I could have some other way of, you know, just saying, well, I'm a, this is a bless me club. We come together and I get a blessing. I come on Sunday, oh, I got a blessing this Sunday. Oh, Lord, someone prayed for me, I was healed, I got a healing. This is not the main purpose. We receive blessings and we receive healings and we receive God's promises, but our ultimate aim is to fulfill the purpose that God has given us as a church. And so if 2024 is the year for more, 
We believe that God is taking us and wants us to increase what He has already entrusted to us. What has God entrusted to you? You might say, but Gareth, you know, I don't have much that I can, be, you know, that I'm entrusted to. I, maybe you're a single mom and, and you're working, you know, two jobs and you're trying to put, make ends meet. Or perhaps you're a business person and you've got many people working for you. Um, I think that in every circumstance, we have a role to play. God has empowered us and has given us the ability to increase. You know, back in Genesis, that was one of the first commandments that God gave to, gave to Adam. He said, be fruitful, multiply, increase. And our perception, and, and sometimes I find myself in this place, is that I slip into maintenance mode. Now, do you realize that if you're not moving forward, you are moving backwards. Anybody realize that life's gotten busier and faster and faster? If you've led a business, if you're involved in, in, uh, in your job, if you are not learning and looking for opportunities to grow, you are deteriorating. There is no way that you and I can stagnate and think that we are going to remain or be able to remain or maintain where we are. There is no way. Even your car, can I tell you, if you have a maintenance plan, you take your car for a service, your car over time deteriorates. It doesn't last forever. And in this life, friends, in our spiritual life, God doesn't want us to just maintain where we are. He wants us to stake on more of what He has for us. And so if we will have to look at what are we going to do as a church, what are we going to give ourselves to, what are we prioritizing? And many of you would be able to answer this before I even say it because it's like at the back of the, of the auditorium as you walk out, you hear us saying this all the time. What do we do? We do three things as a church. We gather, we grow, and we go. Yes, so there's two people that know it. Friends, that is who we are. This is how we express the vision. We gather together. We prioritize what God has, has commanded us to do. We seek to grow together, and ultimately, friends, we realize that the church does not exist for itself. It exists for its non-members, those who are not yet saved. I cannot put my head on, on the pillow at night thinking, I'm so glad that I am saved and I'm going to heaven, and not have a thought for those who are not having that same peace same desire, same experiences I'm having. And so in this coming year, we're going to continue to strengthen our foundations, friends. We want to build on this strong foundation that we focus on our spiritual foundation, something of what God has already placed in us. Friends, you and I need to build upon the foundation of, of Jesus Christ, friends. If you are coming to this church and you feel like, yes, this branding is awesome, the, the vibe's good, the coffee's good, and you are not walking away here having encountered Jesus, Please come and tell us, because we're doing something wrong. Everything we do revolves around Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the rock on which our city on a hill is built. And we need to grow in our, in our desire to know Him, understand Him, express Him. As we gather together, friends, for prayer, for worship, for, in our light groups, moments together, there is something that God does when we are in the room. And I want to encourage you in this year, if you want really want God to do more in your life, you are also going to need to do a little bit more from your side. It doesn't happen by itself. And I trust that as we give ourselves wholeheartedly to this purpose of pursuing Jesus, becoming like Him, saying, Lord, I'm not like you yet. And I know, you, I know when I gather together, I experience your presence. 
I, I hear the proclamation of your word. I'm in the fellowship of other believers. The priesthood of all believers is activated. Someone asked me this week, you know, having observed there, someone that just joined our church about a year ago, and they asked me this question, Gareth, you know, you, we have so many different preachers coming through and so many people that are doing stuff and contributions from the front and people serving. You know, how did you do that? And I, said, I just said, well, it starts with a conviction that the priesthood of all believers is what it's all about. Jesus came to lay down his life for a body, not for just a person. If you were the only person on the planet, he would have still come. But we are not. We are a people. We are a gathering. We are an ecclesia. We have been called out to be a part of this movement. And friends, you and I, I, I want to encourage you. you are, we will not see God increase in our lives if we're not prioritizing gathering together. And I want to encourage you to do that. We will grow together. Our discipleship and leadership is, is what's needed. Discipleship means I need to grow into the image and likeness of Christ, but I also need to grow in how I am leading others. Because if I look at the, the, the Great Commission, it says, go and make disciples. What does that mean if I make a disciple? A disciple is a follower. I'm going to make followers. Last time I checked, if leaders, what do leaders have? They have followers. John Maxwell says, someone who thinks they're a leader and has nobody following them, is simply going for a walk. But friends, you and I need to, this has to permeate and sink into your heart. You might say, but Garrett, you know, I'm, I'm the lowest of the low in my company. I don't lead anything. Well, you're leading yourself. If you've got a family, you're leading them. If you're in, in, in the influence of other people, you're influencing, you are leading. And God wants us to grow in our discipleship that means we're becoming like Jesus, we're discipling iron, sharpening iron, we're in one another's homes on, on, a, on a weekly basis, we are in light groups. I want to encourage you, friends, if you are not in a light group, you are missing out. You need to connect with a light group. God doesn't want you to just sit in a row, He wants you to sit in a circle. Someone needs to know what's happening in your life. And for me as a pastor, friends, I meet too many of you that say you're part of Sir O'Neill and I don't know what's going on in your life and I have, I have stress. You're giving me stress. Because <laughs> I know, I look at your life and I know your life could be way better, way more fulfilled, way more effective for the kingdom of God because you're in community. And church is not about just information, coming here, listening to something, putting something in the offering box and going home again. That is not church. That's not what Jesus came to die for. He came to die for a movement, a people. A gathering of people. And God wants you and I to grow in our discipleship, our Christ-likeness. If you are not more like Jesus by the end of this year, please come and tell me that because we're doing something wrong, friends. I want you to gather and I want you to grow. But then we also, friends, will never ever stop going. Outreach and impact in our community will never ever stop, friends. This is our vision. If we're going to be a city on a hill, you know, one light, one little lamp can be covered, but a, sh a city cannot be hidden. And God has called us to, in your workplace, many of us think, you know, maybe if the church could just do a big event, or if the church could just do this, and the church could just do that. Uh, you know, my wife asked this question of somebody the other day. They were, they were kind of coming up with a list of things the church should be doing, and she asked them, who's going to do it? The, the, the five or, or six staff members we have, yeah? 
Is Gareth going to do it? Is Dallin? Is Dallary? Is Cecilia? Is the staff? Is that the church that's going to do it? No, friend. The church, you and I, together, in your workplace, where your children are going to school, where you are connecting with your family, when you are going into your business spaces, friends, you and I are called to be salt and light there. We shine our light. And if God has placed within you a desire and has equipped you and has given you influence and platform to minister into that space, friends, then we are going to do that. Friends, I am I'm more and more aware of the need for the church of Jesus Christ to really take its rightful place within society. Friends, we cannot just be here. We're on our way to heaven. Don't you want to go? We can't just gather on a Sunday and not make a difference out there. And I'm trusting that as we gather together this year, as we grow together, and as we go together into the nations, into our regions, as we plant more churches, as God raises up leaders, I believe God wants to empower you and I to be more effective uh, in this journey. And so, friends, as we start this year off, uh, we are starting our new light groups, and, and I want to encourage you to sign up. But we are going to be working through the book of Acts for the next six weeks. We're going to send out a, uh, a reading plan so you could read through the book of Acts. I want to encourage you, go on this journey with us. And the next few weeks that we'll be preaching, we'll be preaching into different aspects of the book of Acts. But as we do that, I want to remind you that if you read the book of Acts, some call it the, the Acts of the Apostles. It's also, some would say, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is poured out and then uses people. But if we had to look at it, that apostolic, what does it mean to be apostolic? It means to lay a strong foundation, but it also means to be sent out, to be commissioned into the world. And for us as a church, friends, God has called us to be a based church. We, we see so many examples throughout the book of Acts. As you read it, I want you to have this lens. Um, as you look at it, you, I want you to see who are the people that God uses. I want you to think about the cities that God uses as Paul comes into Ephesus. He meets 12 disciples. They were disciples of John. They don't even know. They don't even have a clue what's going on. They've been baptized in John's baptism. And they are preaching the kingdom of God. And Paul asked them, so have you received the Holy Spirit? And they, they're like, we haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Okay, then he asked them, what baptism did you receive? No, you, we received John's baptism. No, 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 no. If you are believers in Jesus, you are baptized in water. I want to encourage you, if you're not being baptized in water, take that step of obedience. We can help you to do that. But you also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And those 12 men that he encountered, within two years... Not only did the city of Ephesus, which was a vibrant hub of academics and philosophy, not only was that city turned upside down, people bringing their witchcraft and all of their idol worship, and they burn it at the city center. Friends, that's transformation of a city. But not only does that happen, but the region, the whole of Tyrannus is where he preaches from. Friends, I want to remind you, if you didn't know, this building, when we started this building project, we called it the the hall of Tyrannus. For us as a church, we believe in training and equipping people. That's what a base church does. We equip and, and release people into the mission field. God gave us a promise of, of, of a huge explosion happening and then cluster bombs, if you've ever seen them happen, a cluster bomb going off in all sorts of different places. Our, our first one has gone off there in Potch, and at the moment they've got two 
two celebrations and they're looking for more venues and God's expanding them. Here with us, we've got some smaller cluster bombs. There's, a, there's something happening in Sadiside in, in, uh, in Jubiton right now and we're coming together and saying, Lord, how can we help? There's something happening in Fulun Screw and Lord Jesus, help us. There's some cluster bombs. There's some explosions, smaller explosions, but God then uses them to raise up leaders who take this gospel to the ends of the earth, Lord. Holy Spirit is poured out and Jesus says, Wait until you receive power from him. Next week, we're going to talk about that. Power so that you would be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Clarksdorp, Judea, the Northwest, Samaria, South Africa, kind of Zimbabwe, Botswana, the ends of the earth, America, Finland, this middle of this month. Albie and Tracy have been on eldership in, uh, in, in, in Potchefstroom. They have heard God and they are moving, relocating to Finland to go and plant a church in Finland, Helsinki, the eastern part of that city. Praise the Lord, man. That's something worth clapping for, man. God has entrusted to us and said that these cluster bombs are going to go off, friends. And I want to ask you, are you fired up? Are you, are you fueled up with God's purpose and plan in your heart? Saying willingly, Lord Jesus, increase my faith, increase my Christ-likeness, increase the resources you've entrusted to me, increase my vision, Lord, that I may not just look at my job and my things and I'll do my thing, but actually can I look beyond what I have um, at work right now. Friends, God's promised us that he would send out 300 leaders from us to go and plant churches, Mark and Marie, Thomas and Michaela, Tanya, many of these people you don't even know. But they've been around here. They've sowed into this foundation of this church. They've been leading Dustin and Sarah in Newcastle. I've been chatting to them. They are exploding. Their, their congregation is, is now over 400 people on a Sunday. That's just three years of them going into that city. God is impacting that city. But they, they spend time here, friends, being equipped. A whole of Tyrannus, being equipped, empowered, and now released into that. What is God calling you to be released into? Some of you are saying, oh, but Gareth, I can't quit my job. I'm not going into full-time ministry. I want to say to you, you don't need to. You can be as effective as you are right now in your workplace, being salt and light there, but God can also use you to lead within His church, to raise up and equip. Use those skills you have to bring through others because God is empowering us. Friends, I'm excited about what God is going to do. The book of Acts is full of these thoughts of expansion and increase. I mean, I'll, I'll just mention a few of these verses. Acts chapter 16, verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 4. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to 5,000. 5,000 men in one day coming to know Jesus and putting their faith to them. Acts chapter 5, it says, And more than ever believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women, so that they even carried the sick into the streets, laid them on cots, and Matt's and Peter, that Peter's shadow might fall on them. Friends, this is city transformation. City transformation happens when disciples give themselves wholeheartedly to what God has revealed. God wants us to increase, friends. Um, in, in, in Acts chapter 12, verse 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. All of you received this morning a yellow armband. A yellow one. Now, I'm just checking if you guys are listening. A green one. It's my colorblindness. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. It was these, these balloons that were got, got me a little bit uh, confused. But you received the green 
armband. What does it say on it? Okay, besides the city on your logo and the words increase. What, what's the scripture there? Acts chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. Friends, there are so many moments in the book of Acts that we, we see how God increases them. And this year, as you carry this armband, I want you to be praying. Increase me, Lord. Increase us, Lord. Not so that we would build a bigger building and have a bigger name, but actually, Lord, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done through ordinary people, ordinary men and women, filled with the Spirit and full of wisdom. They make a difference in a city. And I believe God wants you and I to embrace that as part of our identity. We're taking this gospel where it hasn't been before. Yesterday I was driving from, um, from where is it, uh, Vol Reeves, and I had to do a detour. I went through Orkney, and I was just looking at all the people in Orkney. Many, many people, not saved. They're far from God. And I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, give us a light. Give us a door. Give us an opportunity. I'm driving through past venues. I'm like, that's a nice venue. I think maybe we should trust God to use that venue. Have a gathering space. I was having a coffee with someone in my men's group on, uh, yesterday, and, um, and he was just telling, telling me about coming from Kanana and how difficult it is in that space and how many people are, are just engaged in so many evil and, and ungodly things. And he's like, we should do something there. And I'm like, yes, yes, we should do something. God wants to use us to empower and equip uh, his people. So friends, if we think about this apostolic ministry, a, a, a mandate of increasing, being sent out, being equipped and, and empowered, and then sent out into the nations. I want to look at Acts chapter 16, verse 1 to 5. Paul says, uh, uh, Paul, it, it writes, it says, Paul came into Derby and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to, uh, Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them to, uh, for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Friends, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture. I want you to see how this is going to outwork for us in this space. Friends, the church proclaiming, those of us, you know, many of us know those apostles. They, the apostles, I meet somebody, they say, I'm pastor so-and-so, I'm prophet so-and-so. And then when I ask them, which church do you lead? Who are you leading? It's like, no, 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 I don't have a, I don't have a church. I just have a ministry. And I'm like, pastors, pastor people. Prophets actually raise up the body of Christ to prophesy. Evangelists don't just do crusades, but evangelists actually equip the saints for the work of ministry. So Paul comes in as an, as an apostle into this space, and he meets, who does he meet? He meets a young disciple. Friends, it starts with you and I realizing that God wants us to invest in people around us. Fellow believers being um, built up together. And so when he came, he took him from being not just, just, just a disciple, but actually brought him into a space of leadership. Friends, my desire for you this year is that you would not just have more knowledge about God, but that you would be more effective, as I said, in making followers of Jesus. That you would be able to say, like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what disciples do. We lead others into more, and I believe God's going to empower us to do that. So he, 
Paul takes Timothy from a disciple and makes him a leader. And so we see that leaders are developed. This is something that the church does, friends. And I'm so excited. We are, we are going to be, be very intentional this year with how we are equipping you and empowering you for ministry. We're going to be launching something called a, gr- a growth track this year that is going to invest in your foundation. It's going to strengthen your foundation. It's also going to empower you to take others on this journey with you. And you won't have to wait for the church to, to organize another event for you to grow or to be able to bring it because the guru has to pitch up. But actually, you know, I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. I have got the tools that I need. So the leaders are developed. And you know how leaders are developed, friends? On the job training. Now, I want to ask you, friends, if you are not in the room to be trained, you are not going to be trained. So many people come to me. They say to me, you know, Gareth, I would love to be a leader in this church. And then my immediate response to them is, I've got this opportunity, this opportunity, this opportunity. Come to this gathering, this training, this is happening. I invite 40 people to these things. You know how many of them sometimes pitch up? Five, six. And I'm wondering, where are the other 30 plus? Because they're not in the room. They're not wanting to be trained on the job. Friends, I want to ask you, get involved. Get your hands dirty. You've got a contribution to make. We cannot just be spectators. We want to develop you. We also see that theology is clarified. As Paul comes into this space, he says, as they went through the cities, they go go from from different places, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. What had happened is that the the apostles and, and elders in Jerusalem realized that the gospel was not just for the Jews, but it was also for the Gentiles. And they gave them some some clear boundaries because these Jewish guys would come into these Gentile churches and say to them, hey guys, we've got to sort out some things. We've got to chop some realities. You know, you've got to be circumcised. Okay? Then they're like, geez, that's, I'm going to be committed to Jesus if I'm going to have to go through that. Then they add all these extra laws and all of these extra things. And no, 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 no. Friends, we need to live in the freedom that Jesus, the grace that, that Christ has given us. God doesn't add to us the gospel is good news to all. And we are going to, in this season, I'm trusting that we would clarify our theology. What do I believe about God? What do I believe about His people and how is that expressed? Thirdly, friends, the churches are strengthened. Notice this. Churches are, are strengthened. Just this past Thursday, we hosted a, and we have been hosting an, a Pastors Connect for many pastors from this region. You know how many pastors we had here this Thursday? Over 70 church leaders. And I've just connected with somebody that is part of a network of pastors. I believe that's, a, that's something amazing. Uh, friends, he, he leads a network of pastors within this region. Most of them are, are out in, in the informal um, settlement areas and in the inner city spaces. 220 church leaders are connected with this man. And he comes to me and says to me, Gareth, we want to partner together. We need to, we need to grow. We need to strengthen the churches. God is opening doors for us as a church to host them and to do that. Friends, I want to ask you, bring your friends, bring your family, bring everybody, because we want to, as we follow Christ, as we follow the Holy Spirit's leading, I believe God wants us to impact the city and strengthen churches. But friends, fourthly, we do also see that numbers are important. Increase happens. You know, I I have, you know, two girls. I don't have between one and five sort of a number. 
for us as a church, friends, at the moment, I kind of know how many people are connected to City on Hill. But I would love to know you by name and pray for you because I have a list of people I pray for every week. And I'd love to pray for you. As eldership team, we want to pray for you by name. And I can't pray for you by name if your name is not on a list and you're not connected. But I also want to say, we have got so many friends, so many family members that are not going to church. And as I said to you two weeks ago, who are you going to invite to come and sit with you? Because maybe they'll encounter Jesus. They'll grow together. I believe God wants us to increase in number. But lastly, friends, number five, the gospel is preached. Friends, I don't want you to hear. If you ever hear something from this pulpit, it's not Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. That the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's something else that you're being called to. I want to encourage you. Come and tell us. Because this is the message. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are called to proclaim. And so I want to give you three practical things you can do, just very quickly. The ABCs of discipleship or raising leaders or involved, how do we do this as we do this more effectively? In Acts chapter 9, we see how Paul comes in. In the beginning of the, the chapter, Paul is a really bad guy. He is murdering disciples. And he's now being sent to go and put disciples of Jesus Christ in prison. He's a bad guy. And he comes in, he has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus appears to him, knocks him off his donkey, and he is told to go to this uh, particular house on Straight Street. And what happens is God appears to a disciple. And there's, there's ABCs. The first one, A, you and I are called to be Ananias, like an Ananias. Ananias was just an ordinary disciple following Jesus, has a relationship, a vibrant relationship with Jesus. While he is praying, and trusting and seeking God, God speaks to him. And what does he say to him? We see this in, um, in verse 10 of Acts chapter 9. Now there was a disciple, again, friends, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, who is making followers of Jesus, at Damascus, named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And so we see how God then speaks to him in verse 17. He says, so Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is what disciples do. You and I are called to be like, who are you coming and praying for and allowing God to use you to share the gospel with them, to lay your hands on them, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That shouldn't just be reserved for those who come to the front, but actually all of us have that ability. The priesthood of all believers is, um, you know, is released. And so we need to find new believers, lay a foundation with them, and release them into what God has for us. God wants us to be, get people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized, and then obviously begin to make more disciples. The B, so A and an I's, the, the, the B is that we need to be like Barnabas, a Barnabas. What does Barnabas do? Barnabas comes in, in on the scene. He hears about what's happened with Paul. But he can see that God has got his hand on Paul. But people are afraid of Paul, notably so. Because Paul was a bad guy. But he's now been saved and he's been trying to get into fellowship with the other believers. Some of you know people like that. Their reputation is terrible. And if you had to bring them to church, people are going to be like, yes, I don't know what's happening here. 
But we need to be like Barnabas, who believes the best, sees the potential, sees the call of God, sees the hand of God on someone, and says to them, no, come, I'll draw you close. Come and walk with me. Come and partner with me. Because God wants to use everybody. Everybody. There's no deluxe Christians, you know. All of us have been given the ability to do so. And lastly, see, friends, we are called to bring people into the church community. And that's really what happens to, to Saul. He, is encounter, he encounters Ananias. He's then partnered with, with Barnabas, but he is also connected with a community. You and I cannot grow into all that God has for us. Saul would not have, bec- or Paul would not have become all that he was without being surrounded by others around him. And so many believers I know, if you look at verse 25 uh, to, to 20, 28, you'll be able to see all of those realities. Friends, I see so, so many people. They're disconnected. And they're not walking in all that God has for them. And when I ask them, what are you doing? How are, are you connecting with us? No, I come from time to time when I can. Are you in a light group? Do you come to the moments that we have for training, equips, our summit happening in March? No, I'm busy, you know. We need to prioritize what God has placed within us because as we find ourselves in community, friends, I've just seen, I become more like Jesus. I realize the areas that I'm not like Jesus yet and I have to make a heart adjustment. I also realize that I have an investment that I can make. You and I, each of us have, we are living stones being built up together for God's glory as his church. And so as we conclude, friends, I want to ask you, perhaps you're here today and you're far from God and you, you came in actually just kind of trying to check things out. The first step that you need to take is you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You need to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, have that come into your heart, believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God, that he came, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross and paid a penalty that was your and my penalty. That was what we deserved. But God was willing in his grace and goodness to actually have all of his wrath, all of his punishment be laid on Christ Jesus, that you and I would be able to be set free but it's not just doesn't just stop there, but that we would now become the Lord of our lives. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's seated at the right hand of God. His Holy Spirit's been poured out. And right now, maybe in your heart you're feeling God speaking to you. I want to encourage you. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Allow him to transform your life, just like he did Paul. You might not be having a Damascus Road experience, blinding light and voices speaking to you from heaven. But I do believe that God is speaking to you in your heart. Don't harden your heart today. Don't harden your heart. Allow Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. Begin to live for him and for his glory. And I'm going to give an opportunity to pray for you in a minute. I do believe, friends, as a church, as we go into 2024, the year of increase, I want us to be able to say, can we be the ABCs? Can we carry that? Can we be an Ananias? Can we be a Barnabas? And can we connect people and prioritize community together? As we gather, we grow, and we go together. As we trust God to increase us into different spaces, even in the city, because there are more people that need to be reached than can sit in, the, in these seats. And I believe God has called us and has taken us and is bringing us into a powerful, powerful season together. Can I pray for us? Let's bow our heads. Friends, if, if you are here today and, and you've made that decision, everyone's 
eyes are closed, and I, I want to just have a moment with you. If that's you today, you've, you, you realize that actually you've been living for yourself, and you are hearing God speak to you and saying, I want to welcome you into my family. Can I ask you just to be brave and just raise your hands? I want to just pray for just to know who I can pray for. Is there anyone like that today? Thank you for those hands. Thank you. That's very brave of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for those hands. Sure, there's so many of you raising your hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we all just pray with these together? And you can pray this prayer after me uh, out loud. Jesus Christ, I thank you that you saved me today. You wash away all of my sins, and I am made new today. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son, and that from this moment onwards, I may know him and love him and walk with him. Thank you that my old life is gone and dead, and today I receive a new life as Christ Jesus is my Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I no longer live for myself, but I live for you. Lord, give me the courage to be added to a local community and to not walk alone any longer. Thank you for your love and grace right now. Fill me with your spirit that I may love you and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come stand up. It's time for the revolution.